Welcome to the Bad Dad Horror Podcast with your hosts, John Couture and Sierra Couture. We all have daddy issues. Ours just comes with an extra helping of blood and gore. Welcome back to the Bad Dad Horror Podcast. I'm your host, John Couture. And I'm your co-host, Sierra Couture. Well, Sierra, it's been a while since we've done one of these, but congratulations. I'd like to inform you that this is officially podcast number 10. Yay! We are up to double digits. Can you believe it? No. And the next episode will be how many years you are old. Isn't that great? Oh, yeah, yeah. 11 years. For a minute, I was very confused because I, I, I thought you were saying I turned older. By well, the next podcast, and I was very confused. Well, I was like, "Well, you know, it, it it has been a hot minute since our last podcast, and it seems like we're taking longer than needed to go between podcasts. Hopefully, we'll get one before December. That would be bad. So, what do you, uh, what's been new in your life this week, this last couple of weeks? Not much. Oh, we did the first escape room. You did your first escape room. How was that? Was that exciting? I didn't make it. You didn't make yeah, it. It was exciting. You failed. Great shame. Did you enjoy it though? Mm-hmm. Awesome. And uh, maybe uh, by doing an escape room, maybe there's some horror films that we, you know, may have watched. So, you know, a little sneak peek at what's coming down the pipe uh, later on. That might be some fun. Uh, What do you think in terms of horror films? We've seen it. We've watched a lot of horror. Even though we haven't been recording podcasts, we've been watching a lot of horror. We've got a few episodes ready to go, don't we, that we need to record. So what do you think of, uh, what do you think of horror lately? Good horrors? Bad horrors? Good. Good horror, horror films that you've been seeing? Okay. Well, in case you've uh, just got out of a rock or don't know what we're doing with this podcast, let me spend a few seconds to tell you what we're doing. Uh, my daughter, Sierra Couture, is a tween. She's 11 years old, but she's got a huge crush on Stranger Things. And since she's been watching Stranger Things, she wanted to watch a little more horror, but it's hard to get into horror knowing what's safe for kids. And since we don't have video stores to ask clerks anymore, it's uh, what do we else do? Turn to a podcast. So this Bad Dad Horror Podcast, each week we'll look at a few films and uh, try to get Sierra a little inkling into the horror genre as well as seeing if I am indeed a bad dad. Well, enough about that. Let's get on to this week's film, shall we? Everyone has a birthday they'll always remember. Can we open my presents now, Mommy? He's something, isn't he? This is Andy's. Time for bed, Andy. Good night, baby. Good night, Aunt Maggie. Good night, Chucky. Everyone knows most accidents happen at home. How did that happen? This is no accident. Andy! I'm Detective Mike Norris. Homicide. Andy! Miss Peterson's dead, Miss Barclay. She fell from the kitchen window. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. And so has terror. Mommy, I know who was on the counter. Andy! Who, Andy? Chucky. Nobody believes you about Chucky. 
five in my hand. I, I, I... Oh, for God's sake. Why won't you believe me? Because I'm sane, Mrs. Barkley. Sane and rational. No one believes the truth. <laughs> or lives to tell it. There's nothing nice about murder. And there's nothing innocent about child's play. The first film we watch this week is Child's Play from 1988, directed by Tom Holland. And no, Sierra's eyes went large because she has a little crush on Tom Holland's Spider-Man. This is not Spider-Man Tom Holland. This is original horror creator Tom Holland and Child's Play. Sierra, we watched Child's Play uh, mainly because the second film we will watch this week that we'll get to is related. What did you think of Child's Play right off the bat? I liked it. It was very cool. It was very nice. It was very nice. What did you enjoy about it? Um, I don't know. I like the haunted doll aspect, like possessed doll. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like the Annabelle light, if you will. This is like before Annabelle. This is the the OG haunted doll horror film. And let me tell you, when I was your age, this film... What Annabelle got inspiration from. Sure, maybe. You know, definitely. Annabelle took some, uh, took some license, perhaps, from a child's play. But when I was your age, this film terrorized me because, you know, I, you know, considering I was close in age to the protagonist in the film the kids so you know everyone fears that their toys may come to life and, and kill them um there is a you know <clears throat> there's a good film there's a, i can't remember what the film was it might be monkey shines but there is a there is a creepy toy that we had as a kid and i don't even know if we had as a toy for my dad it was grandpa cute's toy but it was a uh, it was a monkey that would play the symbols. Oh yeah, I know those. Yeah, and it was in some sort of horror film or whatever it was. It was just just crazy, and um, it, and it, it just it scarred me for life. And even to this day, those 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 toys just spook me in a weird way. So, you know, the idea of possession of toys or the idea of toys killing you is something that certainly uh, one of those fears that we prey on in horror films for sure. Uh, what do you think of the acting of the Child's Play? The acting in Child's Play is pretty good. I don't know who they got to be the doll, but he was good, whoever that, whoever that was. Yeah, Alpha certainly. I mean, the, the doll obviously was animatronic back in the day in nineteen in the late eighties, but uh, the actor that played him, the voice of it at least was very yeah, the voice uh, actor. was very good. Uh, did a great job um, in terms of um, not only. Um, you know, bring creepiness to the factory, but also as a, you know, as an escaped felon, so to speak, or a, a bad person, you know, put, being put into a childlike uh, doll is, is quite a unique situation. Was there anything surprising about Child's Play for you? Um, I don't know, actually. I'm trying to think. I can't. Well- I remember anything that was surprising about it. Well, that's why we have to do our podcast much sooner after watching, so we don't forget these things, right, Sierra? I know. What was I supposed to say? There's nothing you're supposed to say. We say whatever you want. Oh, okay. Well, there's nothing that really surprised me, other than the fact that it wasn't just a random doll that they picked up from nowhere. It's a popular doll. Yes, it was definitely. Well, and again, the good guys dolls, um, uh, you know, was made for the movie, so it wasn't like it was a real, but it was based upon. Uh, I know, but I was like, 
yeah. real dolls and the, the time period. Because at the time period, Cabbage Patch dolls were really huge. Um, oh, wasn't there that thing about the Cabbage Patch dolls that could eat and they act, they were like biting people's hair? I'm not sure about that, but there were dolls that would eat and poop and pee and that type of stuff, and, and there were issues with it. But there uh, was once a like Cabbage Patch doll thing that came out, and it was eating kids' hair. Was, fingers it? was it recent or was it like back in the old days? Not old, old, but it was like more recent, I guess, but not too, too recent. Okay, fair enough. It, is, it was eating people's fingers and hair. Oh, well, that's not good. Because it had a very strong jaw. Interesting. You think they would have tested that before they put it out in the market, huh? Yeah. Do you have any toys that scare you right now? Um, Any toys that scare me. Or any toys that scared you growing up? When you were oh, child? When I was growing up, I was scared of, um, I was scared of, okay, but I don't, I can't remember what I was scared of growing up, but I do remember one thing I was scared of. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was cleaning out my room, I was looking behind my bed, and there's just a random Daniel Tiger down there with a Band-Aid on it. Uh-oh. That's kind of scary. Yeah, it was scary. What happened? Why did he have a Band-Aid on it? Was he injured? Because his nose was ripped off. His nose was ripped off. We I have a thing off. with, how do you think with ripping off noses? stuffed animals for some reason you have a thing of ripping i don't noses. have it anymore but okay. apparently i don't even remember it but two of my stuffed animals have no nose interesting you so you have a little psychosis going on no there. no i okay. used to i guess i used to play with them a lot and their nose fall off because they just had like bead noses that were like sewed on there sure i guess i just played with them a lot and their nose fell off okay we're getting into your deep psychotic psychosis now sierra the, no you take you destroy noses uh i guess these are signs of serial killers uh maybe this maybe this podcast will actually turn into you know deep introspection of seeing if you have these tendencies to be a serial killer someday oh gosh that's crazy well let's hope it's not let's hope it doesn't go there uh, well, let's um, talking about the uh, child's play. What did you think of the idea of of someone being able to take their soul or their essence and transfer to an inanimate object? I mean, it's something that's very common in horror films. Although you know, this is probably one of the most um, obscene uses of it, where it's turned into a doll, a child's doll, which has all the um, all the all the earmarks of being something good and pure, but then turned into evil. So you get that yin yang aspect of it. But what do you think of the idea of being able to change your essence or being from inside your body to an inanimate object? Well, the, like, dude that he said he learned it from, like, told him, or, like, it could see that he told him to use it for good. Right. And he just didn't. Right. Well, you know, I guess it comes back to the old adage, with great power comes great responsibility. Tying this full circle to Tom Holland and Spider-Man, that's a great Spider-Man quote that... Uncle Ben tells Spider-Man before he dies, or Peter Parker, with great power comes great responsibility. So apparently the the protagonist in Child's Play had great power, and he did not use good responsibility, did he? No, he didn't. But it is, you know, you know. Then again, I mean, not not to get too sympathetic for the you know serial killer that launched a franchise, but. You know, if anyone is is uh, facing death and destruction and cease of living, you'd pretty much do anything to propagate into the next generation, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you would do anything to, to continue Yeah, but living? you wouldn't exactly go after people and start killing them after You would that, hope not. You though. would hope not. Well, he has some issues, I mean, besides that. But, yeah, I, I can almost understand him putting his life essence into a doll so that he could survive but at the same time maybe we shouldn't be giving serial killers keys to everlasting life right 
Yeah, and we, he probably shouldn't have just gone around and started stabbing people with that new body. No, probably not, but, you know, he had his reasons. Because he know. can't really put it all in jail. No, but yeah, that uh, that's a good question, though. That brings up another a- aspect is, you know, some of the things that are, you know, that, that I found very interesting about Child's Play then and still today in the rewatch was, you know, it's almost like the same effect I see when I watch... Um, rewatch Yoda fighting with a with a with a lightsaber um in the origin in the prequel sil- trilogy where he you know he's um in episode two attack of the clones where he is uh you know basically like a little hedgehog jumping all over the place and and, and spinning around with his with his lightsaber it just looks so incredibly unreal and and bizarre and for me i get that same feeling when i watch child's play because you know here's a doll that's like maybe two feet three feet tall coming after you with a knife or a little and you know the first inclination is like oh it's so cute and and you don't really it's so cute well you think it's cute that it's running at you with a knife well maybe not cute cute might be the wrong word but it's you know the doll itself doesn't feel it feels non-threatening how about that okay that's still concerning Although maybe a little bit. I mean, it's a small knife, you know. How much damage can a small knife really do? Maybe a lot. But you know, so that it just for me, the first aspect is comedy in my head, not horror, because I see it as a it, the situation itself. I find funny um, as opposed to horror. So I mean, that's a whole com- you know, there's a whole aspect of comedy, and I think. And while you've only seen the first film, The Child's Play, there's there's multiple films that have been made as well as TV series, and it's a franchise that's still going to this day, very actively. Um, is is that there is you know they do a good job in the franchise itself of combining comedy and horror together, and I think that's a good aspect of what this film and and the next one that we saw to go with it, you know, is able to accomplish. Yeah, um, I found something that surprised me about it. Oh yeah, what's that? That the doll like not only did it come to life as in like it could talk, it actually started coming coming to life, like it would bleed. You know how at the end it was like the longer you stay in this body, oh yeah, the more, the more human it got. Mm-hmm. It was stripling. Yeah, yeah, that and that's certainly something that. And, and again, I don't recall the sequels with much with much memory, but um, I don't believe that's something they really dive dove into in terms of the future films. I don't. I think they mostly said you know kept him doll esque more than he became a human a doll that was human. Uh, although that's an interesting concept of. Of if, if your life force is in an inanimate object, do you, does that object start to take on attributes and characteristics of your soul? I mean, that's it's a very interesting thing. A little deep for a horror film, perhaps, but interesting. Not deep for all horror films. They could make a horror film about that. They certainly could. Absolutely. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on Child's Play? No, but I do have something unrelated. Well, share your non sequitur, please. Anyways, it's not related to dolls at all, but me and my friend, we made up this movie idea. Oh, so yeah? if any horror well, movie makers are watching this, which uh, you're probably listening. not. Listening to this, which you're probably not. We have an idea for you. Okay, can well, you go make, ahead. Give us the, fi- the, give us the elevator can pitch. Can you make a movie, Michael Myers versus Ghostface? Michael Myers versus Ghostface. Please. That'd be an interesting. That is definitely a non sequitur. Because Michael Myers kind of just stands there and somehow kills people. And Ghostface kind of runs around a bunch. Yeah, definitely. You have, you know, that's the whole ass, you know, contrast. the whole contrast between traditional slashers like Friday the 13th and um, <clears throat> Halloween, where they tend to be slow and plotting, car- you know, killers. They take their time, but they eventually get you. Versus the modern killer is definitely more athletic. You know, Ghostface certainly has a 
um, has a a very athletic, especially in the the final, the, the most recent one, Scream Six, which again maybe a little allusion to a future episode we both saw recently in theaters. Um, so it's definitely a different genre of killer for sure. Also, people like Michael Myers, he's always kind of where you can see him, mm-hmm. like he's standing by a bush, or he's in your front right. lawn, yeah, he, or he's right outside your window. You don't, he don't, he he has no shade. But Ghostface is like. Am I here? No, no, no. Right. Am I here? No, no, no. I'm here, actually. Ghost play, Ghostface definitely plays games, but Michael Myers definitely has no time for those games. So, But it's very interesting. Um, so that's it's a very interesting concept. So uh, I guess the last question we ask for every review that we do is, am I a bad dad for letting you watch Child's Play? No. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, Child's Play is pretty tame when it comes to horror films. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is definitely certain blood and guts, and there is some killing involved as well as a cursed doll and other things. But in, in all things considered, in terms of horror Also, stories, there's curse words. So there are some curse words. If you're very sensitive to that. Correct. But it's you know very much, a I would say, a PG-13 soft R in terms of, in, in, in relation to other films that we've reviewed on this podcast, it's definitely on more the tamer end, and I think most parents would be okay with their teens or preteens from watching this film. Mm-hmm. Katie, you lost your parents. Welcome home. You're my niece. I'm going to do everything I can to make this place feel like home. I just wish I could see them again. I'm not equipped to handle this. I don't even take care of my own plants. I have this project at work. Do you want to see? Yes. Ever since I was little, I dreamed of this perfect toy that would protect a kid from ever feeling lonely or sad. This is Megan. Hi, Megan. I'm Katie. It's nice to meet you, Katie. Do you want to hang out? Okay. Megan, your goal is to protect Katie from harm, both physical and emotional. Is that a doll? Model 3 generative. Android. Megan, for short. I can't believe you made this. I love it. Wanna hang out, yeah, sounds like fun. Great job. It's nice to have a friend. It's honestly like she's part of the family now. They could be building emotional connections that are too hard to untangle. She's the happiest she's been since her parents died. Eat the toppings, Katie. Research shows if you force a child to eat vegetables, they'll be less likely to choose those foods as adults. Is that so? Yes. Experts say... Megan, turn off. I thought we were having a conversation. Does she talk? Make her say something. Stop! Don't! Megan! You should probably run. Megan, she pushed Brandon onto the road. I won't let anything harm you. (gasps) Megan, turn off. Recalibrating response model. (laughs) Megan! What's wrong with you? Don't worry, Katie. I won't let anything harm you. Ever again. It's nice to have 
And the second film we reviewed this week is the 2002 film Megan. That's M3GAN, directed by Gerard Johnstone. 2002? It is 2002. We watched it in 2003, but it did release theatrically. 2003? 2023. It was made in 2002? 2022. Dad, you said 2002 and 2003. Well, you know what? We don't fix these mistakes in post, so people are just going to laugh along at my inability to speak. 2022 film, Megan, that we watched in 2023. (laughs) You just like pointing out my mistakes, don't you? Even on a podcast, can't get away. So this film is interesting. This film follows a uh, a lady whose um, niece has, both her parents get killed, and she has to take custody over the child. And, of course, she's a workaholic. She works in a facility where... Um, they are cutting edge electronics, including this new doll that's going to be like a personal caretaker type of doll. And so having to take care of her niece, who's about your age, I'd say 10, 11, that range, um, she's ill-equipped to care for a child and decides to bring home Megan, which is her prototype, and her child and Megan bond. The only problem is that Megan takes her job of protecting the child way too seriously, and it leads to some killer techniques so what did you think of megan uh megan was actually good yep um the trailer makes it look a little weird because sure. she gets down and starts running on all fours animalistic for sure yeah but it's, it's kind of funny and it's good yeah also megan she kind of like i don't know she gets too attached and then she starts trying to become the parent you know yeah, there's certainly, you know, that's the one thing is that, you know, good, you know, certainly a theme of the film is good intentions versus just the dangers of technology. And, you know, there's a lot of horror based on the the horrors or the dangers of technology, of, of, of progress where, you know, that things going haywire, you know, and, and it's the thing is Megan worked well until she got corrupted. And once, she, you know, once her circuits got corrupted and it started to melt and then that's when that's when her overprotective status took over and that's when you know she became violent and, and, and not in towards the family way but in protecting her host or her you know protective it's like you know think of it as secret service on on crack you know her job was to protect the child so she took her job literally <laughs> towards the end and she um you know you know much to the chagrin of some of the people that met their met their fates in the movie what did you think of the uh, What did you think of the special effects of Because it was def- it was a girl playing the role, but did you think she looked like a robot? Do you think they did a good job there, making her look um, a little less human in a way? She looked like a robot. Yeah, um, I know there was a different person for the voice actor and a different yep. person for the child that played it. Correct, and I think the actress who played the physical aspect of the doll did a good job. I mean, her movements are very robotic in some ways however if you notice to the film her movements actually become less robotic as she learns and which i think is a great little nod and a touch to you know technology in the films that came before it is that you know this is a um, you know megan is always learning always taking in her surroundings and, and yeah. making herself better and better equipped to protect her uh, you know her friend sister whatever you want to call her <clears throat> is there anything that you didn't like about megan um I don't know if there's anything I really disliked about it, but there was one, like, really gross part. 
Really? Tell me about mm-hmm. the gross part. What didn't you like about it? Where she pulled off that dude's ear, like a part of it, or chunk. Oh, yeah. We forget that skin is, is very flexible and very stretchy, but yeah, she totally tore that dude's ear off. It's creepy, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it ended up being her undoing at the end, too, because they were, you know, they were able to reopen his case because they found the, spoiler alert, <clears throat> they found his ear away from the body. So, you know, that's when they realized, oh, there was somebody else that may have killed that kid. There, um, what did you think of the Megan dance? I know that that's one, one of the things that's popular with your your age group these days are dances and viral dances and TikToks and all that wag. But, um, you know, whether it's Wednesday and the Wednesday dance or for the longest time, the Megan dance, can you do the Megan dance, Sierra? The Megan dance, like, like the arms? Yeah, the way she danced. You know, she had the little dance thing and it was a big viral thing for a while. Is there something that you would you would ever do? I think I could do it. You think you could do it? But so, do you think that I haven't done it because I don't have TikTok or anything to post it on? That that's I could correct. Do it. Well, well, you're valuable. Do you think that was? Do you think it was included? Do you think it? More importantly, do you think that scene was included to become a viral standout of the film? And do you think that's positive for horror or not? Like in essence, did they basically create this scene? Like we want to make. Megan go viral. So having this robot killer do this weird dance in the middle of the film is gonna is gonna be viral. And I know that. So you think they're? Do you think the filmmakers are trying too hard? Um, I think maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they did it for sure, but they might have because Megan came out only a little after the popular show Wednesday. Yeah. Well, actually, Megan came out before Wednesday. Wait, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Two thousand two. Well, Megan. Two thousand and twenty-two. Megan still came out right around Wednesday, or like it sure. still came out when, um, like TikTok is popular as you know, oh, and the tic- so. and the um the, the the makers definitely knew that, so right. they tried to make something that people could recreate. True, and as a side note to all the parents out there listening, well, yes, I'll allow my child to watch Blood and Guts and people getting beheaded. I will not allow her to utilize TikTok. I'm not that bad of a dad. <laughs> Much to see your chagrin. So how many of your friends have TikTok? Do they all have TikTok? Not all of them. Uh, some of them? Some of them do, yeah. Really? Okay. Well, do they have podcasts? One of my friends has Snapchat. Oh, well, that's interesting. But do they have podcasts? No. You have a podcast. Do you feel superior for that? No. Okay, fair enough. But podcasts are still cool. Podcasts are cool. Thank you. I think I feel good about that. Um, was there anything? Now, th- this is interesting because Megan was, was PG-13 um, it was a film that was almost marketed to be a family horror film. I mean, it's not like they said, hey, bring the kids, but someone in the tween realm like yourself, this is apparently a film that was targeted to kind of fill that gap. You know, this is sort of the whole reason we do this podcast. This film was like, hey, people like Stranger Things. Let's do a film, a horror film where kids can go see it. Did you feel like this film was uh, maybe placating to you a bit in that patronizing you a bit or you know marketed towards you a little more than it needed to be or did you think it could have been better if they would have straight away been more violent and bloody it was definitely more marketed to like people my age sure than like 30 year olds sure but um yeah i feel like they their goal wasn't really to get like of course they wanted adults to watch it, but I feel like their goal was more to twe- teens and tweens. Definitely. I, I certainly think they were that demographic. Do you think that was a wise decision for them? Yes. 
Because if they were going with the dance, and if yep. the dance is like my theory inspired from TikTok to make it go like get popular, yeah, then they definitely would have put that towards teens. Yeah, I think there's certainly an untapped uh, marketplace there for the tween teen horror uh, franch- you know, fandom, which really is being underserved in terms of you know films are either way over their head or way too violent or too family friendly and not violent enough it's a it's a really a, a, a slight small type where up you have to walk between the two but you know i think that megan is certainly one that um is uh, uh goes you know tries to bridge that gap are you looking forward to they announced uh, since we've seen it that they're working on a sequel to megan are you looking forward to the sequel of megan would you is that something that you want to see at some point yes and I have a theory for that. You have a theory? Well, we'd love to hear off, your theory. Spoiler, it, report, spoiler alert ahead of time in case you haven't seen Megan, but you really should at this point. It goes off absolutely nothing. Okay. I just made it up in my head like five seconds ago. Well, there you go. So instead of Megan, there's a guy named Billy. Billy. Okay. And Billy is a boy robot, and Billy is designed to do the same thing Megan does, but safer, you know? Sure. So Billy is the new Megan. But then Billy goes insane. He starts learning from Megan, and he's like, oh, Megan is my new idol. Like, oh. kind of like a celebrity crush. So kind of like a team-up. So your, your sequel would and have then, a Billy. So he tries Megan to yeah. re-alive Megan, and then he gets Megan, and then he builds Megan, and then he and Megan go around ripping off people's ears. Okay. Well, that's an interesting. Uh, what would you name the sequel that, that you just created off the top of your head? Billy. Billy. Would it be Billy. Billy with a one as the I? Like Billy. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Fair enough. Um, interesting thoughts. See, all you horror filmmakers out there, you listen to this podcast. We gave you two great ideas for horror films. Sierra yeah, Couture. Billy Billy, and Michael Myers versus Ghostface. Yep. If you would like to uh, negotiate the rights to either one of these films, you can reach us at baddadhorror at gmail.com, and we'd be glad to uh, negotiate the rights for these horror films. But for the Michael Myers versus Ghostface one, sure. include my friend in there, too. Yes, we would certainly Email me if you want to hear about her. That's right. Email if you would like more information. All right, Sierra, I think we've, uh, we've reached the end of uh, the podcast. And, of course, uh, like we asked with every film, uh, I think Megan, again, is pretty low-key in ter- when terms that it comes to horror films. Do you think I'm Not a, a bad, bad dad. Okay. You won't even let me get this. <laughs> you won't even let me get my sentence out. Do you think I'm a bad dad? For letting you watch this. So, no, I'm not a bad dad? No, 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 no. Well, as much as I beat myself up on these things and consider myself a bad dad, I have to agree with you on this one. I I do think that, Megan, we watched it, you and and your mom and my wife, uh, Julie, and uh, Gavin did not join us. He's a little too young. Although I do think he would have been okay with that film, um, especially after watching Poltergeist. I think he would have okay. stopped watching after the year. <clears throat> yeah, I think after the year he would have stopped watching. But, you know, there are certainly some aspects that are a little more gory than others. But Also the dog. Yeah, the dog. Yeah, he doesn't like dogs being hurt, but that dog had it coming, right? I guess. You yeah. guess. Well, at least the neighbor had it coming. She was but annoying. I still like the dog. Oh, dogs can be annoying, though, Sierra. But what, that's... No. Okay. Well, I guess we're never going to watch Cujo, are we? Dogs are superior okay well next week we'll be watching Cujo (laughs) does that have something to do with the dog it certainly does dogs and Kevin and uh, Kevin Smith Stephen King slightly different Kevin Smith is not in uh, Cujo well, uh, again, we've reached the end of another episode. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to reach out to us, you can reach us at our email, baddadhorror at 
gmail.com or of course you can be, meet us online at baddadhorror.com or wherever you find your podcasts and until next time we'll be, be back right, we'll be right back dad we'll be right we'll be right back one two three we'll be right back there are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Oh!